Hello, this is Hubert Zajcik. I'm the CEO of Health Wildcatters, and you are listening in on the Health Wildcatters podcast. This is our first one that's uh, with an interview. Uh, we have Dr. Harvey Castro here with us today, and Harvey is uh, many things. So number one, he's a physician, an ER physician, ER specialist. He's an accomplished entrepreneur, comes from a family of immigrants, uh, he has not just done his own entrepreneurial thing, but also in, in, in been involved with other entrepreneurial things. He'll tell us a lot about it. But as you know, we highlight successful healthcare entrepreneurs here at Health Wildcatters. It's my distinct pleasure to have Harvey as our first guest here. So Harvey, welcome and good to see you. Good to see you. It's an honor to be on and thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Uh, Harvey, I knew a lot about you, but I knew a lot more uh, after I read the book that you wrote. And, uh, and uh, it's behind you, but I've, I've got a copy too here. And so this, this is an amazing story of how you beat a lot of odds in uh, how you're now willing and able to share that information with, with others. So I, I think at the first, I want to just ask uh, uh, some of the things that, that formed your, your life and informed your life. And, and you, you touch upon family uh, in your book a lot. And uh, oftentimes we won't go that far back when we talk to a healthcare entrepreneur, but I think in your case, it is, first of all, not just trivial, but extremely important. And also shows us a lot about who you are and, and, and why you're here today. So tell us a little bit about how you grew up and, 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 and your family. So um, I grew up in New York City. Uh, my mom had me at about 16 years old. She had to drop out of school. And uh, she had to go get her GED. And, you know, at early in life, I, I didn't realize I was at a disadvantage until later in life. But I realized we were on food stamps. We were, on, we were literally in poverty. I remember often my uncle would come bring us food. And I thought he was just bringing us food. But I didn't really realize that it was because we didn't have food. Uh, I really noticed a lot of cheese around the house and milk and abundance of cheese. And I thought, what is this? And you know, it really hit me when we went to the grocery store and we used this funny looking money. I'm like, what's this money? Later, I realized that it was um, the way, you know, I was growing up. And so early on in, the, in my early life, I realized, hey, I don't have a lot of the tools that I, I wish I had. And I noticed, you know, like a lot of things were luxury. Um, and then it was common for me, you know, I remember at age five in kindergarten, walking to school and my mom telling me, hey, uh, when you walk home, don't tell anybody, but here's your key and get in and then I'll be working, but I'll be home tonight. And so early in life, I noticed I needed to be more responsible. I had to grow up quickly. I had to look out for myself living in New York City. And so that environment at first, you know, it may seem harsh in the sense that, oh my gosh, I know personally, I would never do that to my kids. But the environment my mom was in, she had to. But that really gave me the foundation to become who I am really gave me a strong, what I call a strong why. You know, why do I do all these things? And I think it goes back to my childhood. And like you said, normally we don't talk about family or background, but my family, it was interesting in the sense that I had my mom, that to me was my idol and my everything. And then I had my dad, unfortunately, he was an alcoholic, abusive, and my mom uh, left him when I was a baby and always told me, be careful with your dad. If he, if he ever sees you, he's going to want to take you. And I go, I'll just jump right in the book. And part of the book, I talk about being kidnapped by my father. And, you know, in today's standard, there's no way a parent can kidnap another child. But back in the 70s, I remember mom uh, telling me she went to the police and they were like, well, that's the father and there's nothing we can do. And she literally kidnapped me. 
Uh, so on both sides of the uh, parent spectrum, I had one that was my advocate, but then another that was abusive and not the ideal parent for me. And so on the point that you asked is how does family make a role? You know, it was great having a role model that time with my mom and still is to most of the extent. And then also knowing what I didn't want to be the parent that my dad was to me. I didn't want to be that uh, family member to anyone or have anyone in like that in my life. And so it gave me both polarities of life of saying, hey, this is who I want to be. And here's who I don't want to be. And unfortunately, that was for me. I didn't want to be like my dad. Yeah. And sometimes that if you're an entrepreneur, I think you're, you're showing that uh, right there. Then you can take that example just as much and, um, and say, well, I'm not going to be like that. And so teaching can be either way. Uh, I already told you I'm your, your mom's number two fan after reading the book. Uh, I won't see it number one. You're clearly, clearly number one fan. But you, you have, um, you know, just stopping off there wouldn't be enough. So, I mean, you have powered through a lot of stuff, and, but you never forgot where you came from. And I know a lot of us kind of dwell on past failures or past difficulties as an explanation for why things couldn't work. But one of the traits of an entrepreneur is to look forward. Doesn't mean you ignore what you had. You look forward and look where you can go from there. But in your case too, not just did you do that, you also never forgot where you came from. And so can you can you explain a little bit about how you how you match that up? Because I'm imagine when you were in medical school, not a lot of kids were there that were kidnapped. No. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. For me, when I was in uh, medical school, I remember one of the things that was glaring. I remember being in class and talking to my colleagues and like, oh, I already know this and that. And I said, how do you know these drugs? How do you know this pathology? I, I studied my butt off. I, you know, I should be as good as you. And he's, he'd laugh at me and say, Harvey, you know, my friends, my mom and dad and my grandfather, they're all doctors. You know, what do you think we spoke about during lunch and dinner? We would talk about the new drugs coming out and like interesting you know that that was not my upbringing my upbringing was going to my mom and saying hey mom help me with this and she's like harvey you already outgrew me like i, I can't I, I can help you with other things in life but I, I really can't even do this right now and you need to just study harder and so it made it hard for me in the sense that you know i didn't have these things but going back to who i am and what i grew up with i'm really grateful um i'm grateful for where i come from and who i am and you're right. I don't forget where I where I came from. And and I think it actually makes a better entrepreneur in the sense that uh, I'm grateful for who, what I have and what I've accomplished and what I've done. And so, you know, for me, I'm, I feel blessed to have a roof over my head and some food and shelter. And to me, that's the world. So it's really hard if that is my standard, if that's amazing to me, then everything else is just a plus. Everything else is like a cherry on top. And so when it comes to businesses, I just feel blessed that I'm able to work on these things. And, and to your point about not forgetting your roots, um, one of our locations, I run emergency rooms, has a homeless issue. And um, the landlord actually today called me and saying, hey, uh, this uh, homeless issue is an issue and, and stop feeding the homeless. And I'm like, interesting you say that to me because I grew up in New York City. I know what it is, uh, people being homeless and without food. So it's really difficult for me to say no to someone that's homeless or not feed them, not take care of them. That, that's what I do. I'm in healthcare, And so because I have such a strong why, because I grew up where I did and the place I grew up, I think it's a lot 
um, easier for me to relate to those things. And I, and I don't forget my roots. Um, I constantly tell my kids, hey, don't forget where you come from and don't forget where you came from. Um, today, actually, I was writing uh, a little post on my grandfather. My grandfather is 87 years old. And every time I see him, I'm like, granddad, thank you for coming to the United States. Because if I was born in another country, I don't think I'd be where I am today. So I'm really grateful. So again, you got to remember where you come from. I think it's so important. I mean, it's, it's true. There's, there's a lot of, uh, not, not a lot of kids that were kidnapped that end up going to medical school and, uh, especially with your story. So, um, let's, let's pivot a little bit into the entrepreneurial sphere. I consider myself an entrepreneur now having started health law catters, but, um, but, but I did not get started as early as you did. So, uh, tell us about your first, I imagine several entrepreneurial business or you choose. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of them just to kind of give a glimpse. I think thinking outside the box and having a strong why helps you become an entrepreneur. I think entrepreneurs in general, they see a problem and they want to fix it. And because the way they fix it, it's usually it's invented. They invent something or think outside the box. For me, my first entrepreneurship was I worked at my first job was being a health food store, a real big job. And the manager said to uh, me, you know, learn all these vitamins and big picture. That's how I became a doctor because I learned the vitamins, the science, and I wanted to learn more of the traditional science. But for the picture of entrepreneurship, I told my manager, I'm like, look, I'm looking at your invoices. And I noticed that if we buy more, you get more of a discount. Why don't you pass that discount to me and I'll increase your volume and I'll start selling. So I started my first business and I started selling on the margin, basically family, friends, selling them this herb is good for this, this vitamin is good for that. And I literally made enough money to pay for my first car, my first insurance, uh, for home, for rent. And I was helping my mom and going to school. And that thinking outside the box, that strong why helped me get there. Later, um, when I wanted to go to med school, I didn't have the money and resources. So I thought outside the box. I went to the local bookstore and I said, hey, what if I review these books for you and I make them uh, a corner in your book sources, uh, medical student Harvey Castro's corner, and I basically picked all the different sciences, uh, you know, microbiology, physiology, all the good stuff in med school, and I had my own corner, and I would recommend certain books. Well, in return, he gave me free books. So I was able to get free books in med school, and I actually was able to make money off of this. I got to uh, talk to uh, the major book publishers, and I got to have workshops with them and tell them how I think the book should be formatted and what they should be doing. And back then, the big thing was Palm Pilots. And I was like, hey, we need to start moving to more digital and ebooks. And and I was really pushing the book companies to do that. And, you know, retrospect, that's what we do now. But it was interesting to be in the forefront. And, and the, all these books that were published had my name on it because I helped uh, edit those books, pathology books, different types of books in medicine. There's another piece that speaks to your person. Uh, first of all, I want everyone to know that this book that you wrote um, is a book that helps step by step for someone to evaluate their own situation and improve the situation and 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 and, and provides a formula along the way. So it's it's a lot of fun to read and you can, you. you can use it as a workbook as well. And so anything you try in entrepreneurship, you you gotta go for it and and do it and. Um, and then you don't look back at your misfires because there will be some. You just look forward and um, and and deal with what what is uh, a success. And in your book, you go through a lot of that. Um, but maybe I don't know if you want to kind of give a little bit of thought on on that part and why why you ended up writing 
this the way it is written because it's a little bit unusual in the sense that it tells you a personal story, but at the same time also is a, a, a formula for, for somebody else to use. Yeah, good. I, I wanted the book to be fun to read. I want it to be relatable. You know, as physicians, that's some of them that are on this podcast listening, you know, we all can relate to patients. We've seen a million patients and we can go in a room and you can almost feel the vibe and know which way you're going. And you know, if the patient likes you or not, and you know what's wrong with the patient pretty quickly because you've done it so long. In the book, I wanted to bring that experience into it. I wanted to make it relatable to someone to, that doesn't have an MD or never gone to college to read it and say, huh, these are interesting principles. And I wanted to put my personal stories because I feel like the stories uh, that I've been through kind of make a point. And I almost feel like my background and who I am from beginning till now has shaped this story and has made me who I am. And I feel like those tools and the things that have gone, I figure if I can share the story and then it uh, ingrain a principle, share another story, another principle, then a person that's reading the book from A to Z that's never done anything in that world can say, wow, I, I see a different angle of starting a business or following my dreams. And so the book ended up being more motivational. And like you said, more, more of the blueprints of how to be successful, because I feel like in generality, uh, there are certain things that help make you more successful. But the point you're making in the book is uh, anyone can do it and uh, don't don't, you know, spend, don't spend your time on excuses, spend your time on trying stuff. And when done, go right. Love what you just said. I, I, and that is exactly what my goal was. I, I, I wanted to show others, hey, if I grew up with this and no one's giving me handouts and helping me and no one's being there to say, hey, Harvey, you need to be a doctor. Hey, here, I'm your mentor and I've been there. Then it's a lot tougher to get there. Not that it's impossible. It's a little tougher. And nothing against those that have those mentors and those tools, but it's a lot tougher. So I, I, that's exactly one of the points I wanted to make. It's like, hey, if I can do this and I can get to this point, I sincerely think you can do the same, especially if your starting block is different from mine. I think you can get a lot further. That's, that's really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, so when we talk about physicians, you know, you and I, I'm sure, have seen the same thing. There's a lot of, even with those that, that had a, a running start, you know, you, you beat yourself up over so many years. You got to be great in high school to be great in college, to be great in, in, in med school, to get into a great residency and maybe do a fellowship. And what we see thereafter very often is been deprived for such a long time that people just jump into work and then kind of shut down everything else. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying yeah. You're, you really have deprived yourself for a very long time of, of what other people would, you know, have normal lives. You, you, you've been up all night for years and years and years. And uh, obviously you continue, <laughs> you continue with that in emergency medicine. Uh, but in any case, you, you long for some sort of normalcy in your life and be able to have a family. And, and, um, and so very often that part of our curiosity just does not, have capacity to do anything else, but just execute and apply your skills. But we're also speaking to um, healthcare entrepreneurs here, not just do we have a successful example in you here, but we also have listeners who are interested in healthcare entrepreneurship. And on the physician side, uh, we know there are a lot of people that have been trained for a long, long time to be primed for innovation and then very often just shy away from that. I think part of it, you know, we're doctors and, and we're successful. And sometimes it's the fear of failing. 
you know, we are successful doctors, we're uh, the community covets, you know, doctors and holds us up high. And sometimes that alone can be a, a distraction and it could be an impediment because now you're like, well, do I want to venture out and do something different? Do I want to possibly fail? And that alone can be scary because all your life you've succeeded and you've succeeded in medicine. What if you try to get outside of that box or what if you try to own the business? You're not trained for that. And that could be scary. And that alone can hold you back. On the entrepreneur side, you know, one tip that I always tell my entrepreneurs is, you know, it's and I put this in the first chapter of the book, you know, always work towards your goal. Don't worry about um, getting there quickly. Worry about getting there. Um, I'll share a quick story and to kind of really push that driving point. I always wanted to write a book when I was in med school and I wrote a book in neurology. I got it published and basically it was self-published. But uh, once I got it published, I was so embarrassed about the book. And I thought, well, what if it's not good? I literally increased the price where I knew nobody would buy it. I hid the book and I thought for just about 15 years ago, I just left it be. About a couple of months ago, I said, why am I doing this? I always wanted to write a book. I wrote the book and then take it all the way. I said, you know what? I redid the book. I republished. And now my colleagues that are reading my books are like, oh, my God, you held this back for over 15 years. Why did you do that? My point of the story is my goal, I slowed down. I didn't get there. But eventually I did get there. So my um, tip is go towards your goal. Don't worry about the speed. For me, it took me over 15 years to get there. But I got there. But the point is, I got there. So for the entrepreneurs out there that are really dreaming of doing something, your goal is to get to your goal. It doesn't matter if you get there tomorrow, in a year, 10 years, the goal is to get to the goal. And so slowly get there. For some, it may be speedy. For some, it may be the other. Whatever it is, but you want to get to your goal. So tell us a little bit about your, your current business um, and, 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 and how that's working and how it gives you... Um, I guess uh, another three hours every day to <laughs> to worry about stuff. Yeah. So my business partner and I uh, started a company here in Dallas Fort Worth called Trusted Medical Centers. Uh, in less than three years, we now have seven locations. Next month, we'll have our eight. It's a freestanding ER. I know you've personally been to our Hillcrest location, so thank you for your support. Uh, we also basically have uh, wound care, pediatric urgent care, but our bread and butter is the emergency room, and that's what we have. We also have our first hospital in Mansfield, Texas. And so we literally took all the uh, things that I have learned from the freestanding market, why we should open, why we shouldn't. Um, all over Dallas and actually all over Texas, they have failed. You know, I would say 80% of the players are gone now, and there's only 20% out there. And so why are we succeeding when everybody else, the majority, are failing? And so my business partner and I looked at it as a science. And so we said, okay, these are the things that make a business successful. And these are the reasons why these freestandings close. And these are the reasons why they keep open. And so that's what we're doing. We're looking at it as a scientific approach and saying, these are the things we need to do. And so I'm really loving my job. We have over 350 employees. We're growing. Um, I personally love what I get to do now. Instead of uh, seeing a patient and doing one-on-one, -on -one, now I'm able to train doctors, the company, have a vision and see how we can do things differently for that patient. So now I'm looking at medicine a little bit differently. I'm working on the big organization, our bylaws, how we do things, how we treat patients, I'm training them. And then I'm also taking time and working with uh, the TV station, NBC, Telemundo, and being a medical correspondent and doing a different type of medicine, more on, the, on TV 
and, and shaping healthcare, but in a different angle. So it's, it's a different time in my life right now, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's actually different from, you know, when I went to med school and I thought I'd be a doctor. Now I'm thinking, well, I can still be a doctor, but it's just a different way of being a doctor. Where does Harvey Castro go from here? Because, I mean, you just taught us that um, you got to have those four goals that you go after and uh, you've shown uh, persistence. You've had the support of your number one fan for many, many years. So right now, believe it or not, I went back to get my MBA. So in December, I get graduate with my MBA. So I'm excited. Uh, it's a big deal for me, but uh, that's one of the things I wanted to do. Uh, I had three things I wanted to do uh, when I was in high school. One was become a doctor. Second, believe it or not, I wanted my MBA or have a business. And then third, I wanted to go into politics. And so uh, my goal now is to start seeing how I can serve more in a different way our community and start uh, the foundations of giving. And for now, we're, uh, we started a, uh, a pantry at all our locations that we're building out um, for anyone that needs food, they can come to our parking lot. We'll have a special place. That's a pantry 24 seven, and they can come in and grab any food they need. And then, you know, no questions asked. We won't even know. We'll just keep filling it up. And then also we're doing other nonprofit things and for our company. So I'm really excited. And so that's the next phase for me is what can I do for the community? How can I help others? Um, and then, down the road, I feel like I'm still young, 10 years, 20 years from now, I, I do want to run for Congress. Uh, that is my next goal in life. And I figure I, I still have some time to get there. And so between now and then, my goal is just continue helping, continue being me. The other part that is really growing over the last year, I just really feel like now is the time to give back. You know, God forbid I die tomorrow, something happens. I want to know that I am still giving back. So the food pantry, the giving back program, all these things that we're doing, I want to continue to grow that and so for me the next five ten years is really making that more of a, a a priority for me to do in the community ultimately i would love to be able to just volunteer at a clinic and help and work for free um, and that's why i'll be helping others and you know just find a clinic ideally i would love to start my own free clinic and so that's that's in the horizon that i'm we, we are actively looking at getting donations and how to go about doing that and so I think at the end of the day, my message to everyone listening is, you know, be the best person you can be and have fun. Um, you know, I know we talked about a lot of stuff that I'm doing, but I also want to say, hey, I do take every day uh, time for myself. It may not be a long time. I may say, hey, like, for example, tonight, I'm making it a point to go for a walk. I'm going to see the sunset, enjoy. Uh, and that's something that's going to replenish my energy today. Uh, this week, I'm going to make sure that I take my kids out. We're going to go for a walk or do fun activities. So I know for sure this weekend, in my mind, I already have some board games that I have picked out that we're going to play, play cards and do bonding things. Um, so I, I think it's important to work hard, but it's also important to take time for your family and your loved ones and for yourself and do something for your mind that you know that you're resetting and, and it's not just work, 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 that you're also rewarding yourself, that you're also making time for yourself. So, so whatever you're doing, whatever you're dreaming, make sure you're also making time for you. So that's very well put. I, I think that um, often overlooked to find a, a balance, even for entrepreneurs, when a lot of them take it as a badge of honor to work uh, 18, 20 hours or whatever craziness. It's not sustainable. You'll be surprised how much your brain is thinking while you're sleeping, how much is analyzing and processing. So take a minute, take a deep breath, think about whatever it is, whatever problem, think of it as a child's eyes looking at it, 
and then sleep on it. And you'll be surprised. You'll be shocked, actually, how many solutions you'll find the next day or two. You're like, wow, I hadn't even thought of that. And all of a sudden, it just popped in my head. Well, actually, you have been thinking. You just subconsciously have been thinking about it, just not thinking about it consciously. So those are just general tips. And I have found those really useful for me. So very good advice, Harvey. Um, and the sleeping for sure, um, that, that helps a lot. Well, uh, that's it for today. So again, thank you very much, Dr. Harvey Castro, for joining us here today. Um, to anybody listening out there, uh, I look forward to interacting with you, also with you connecting with Dr. Castro, and I uh, hope to see you and hear you on our next uh, podcast. Thank you.